Gracious God, we are waiting, but we know our waiting is not in vain, for we have seen your light, we have seen your face. We pray that your face might shine upon us right now as we hear your word. Amen. So the great American writer and anthropologist, Margaret Mead, is well known for a particular saying. It's popular, so maybe you've heard it, and please, I apologize if you've heard it to death at this point. That's okay, too. Never doubt, wrote Mead, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. This is usually brought out in dark times as a reminder that individuals and small groups of individuals can make a big difference in the world. Indeed, in fact, Mead says they're the only ones who have ever made a difference in the world. In the last century, at least in North America and Europe, the last century has borne this truth in so many ways. With the World War II generation came huge advances in the North American standard of living, decent paying jobs, pensions, Medicare, and a whole bunch of other things that really did transform society. And with the 60s generation came one social change after another. The bag was mixed, of course, I'm not going to deny that. But things like women's rights, the drive for equality, racial equality and reconciliation, stories of protests and sit-ins, boycotts. All these things accomplished were accomplished starting with the blood, sweat, and tears of individuals and small groups of individuals. And it seemed to work and change things for the better. And I don't know about you, but at this time in our world's history, I feel like things are different. I'm finding it harder to believe in what Margaret Mead says. People are far less likely to find full-time, lasting employment. Rents and housing prices are out of control. Governments seem more interested in maintaining their majority, majorities than improving the lives of the excluded and the down and out. I just feel like this is like Elizabeth's baby in her tummy. You know, Christ is present in this place, so Jack's like, whoa! Do you guys see this? Anyway. Governments seem more interested in maintaining their majorities than improving the lives of the excluded and the down and out. And of course, there's the ever-looming and growing threat of climate change and other ecological disasters. These are all the things we seem to be living with now. So where previous generations saw such positive change, it's hard for us to see how one person can make a difference. It's easy for us to doubt this, in fact, no matter how thoughtful or committed they may be, because it all seems just so big and so out of our control. 
It's hard to believe that one person's actions will matter in the grand scheme of things when the world itself doesn't seem to be getting better. One thing I've discovered, though, once I started going to church and eventually, reluctantly, became a Christian, is that we're not the only ones who have felt this way. We're not the only ones who have had this sense of unease when it comes to the future. See, when you're walking the Jesus way, you're walking through hundreds, even thousands of years of history. And you're walking alongside millions of people who have been there before. These people have seen things as good as they get, but more importantly, they've seen things as dark as they can get, too. And that's where our scripture story for today begins. Christmas for us usually begins with a walk through the mall, past the bright neon signs, accompanied by jazzy versions of holiday standards, as much as I love those. But when you're walking alongside Mary, the mother of Jesus, down Main Street, it's about as dark as it gets. You know, they didn't have electric lighting, so literally and figuratively, as dark as it gets. Walk alongside Mary, and you'll see a poor peasant girl. Walk alongside Mary, and you'll see farmers with crushing debts. You'll see tax collectors squeezing the last coin out of people who already have barely enough to get by. Walk with Mary and you'll see heavily armed soldiers standing on the street corners. Just one of several generations of occupying armies that have oppressed your people and desecrated the land and holy places that your creator has made sacred. Walk with Mary and you'll encounter a preteen girl with no money, no prospects, and who somehow ended up pregnant. And the man who she's engaged to is not the father. No prospects for yourself. No freedom for your people. No future run along the horizon. Walk with Mary and you'll find a human being at her most helpless and find human life at its most hopeless with no end in sight. If anybody has a reason to feel hopeless, it's Mary. If there's anyone in the world who has every right to feel insignificant, it's Mary. Walk with her, and it's like you're walking into a dark tunnel towards nothing but a dead end for herself, for her people, and even for the world. You think it's hard to see one person making a difference now. Try walking a mile in Mary's shoes. Oh man, the Holy Spirit's just shooting through this place. How's the baby in Alexis there also? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Good news, good news. But if you walk with Mary, you'll notice something else too, even though it looks dark. 
even though the path ahead is hard to see, Mary has a spring in her step. Walk alongside Mary and you'll see joy. Walk alongside Mary and you'll hear singing. Walk with Mary and you'll hear the sweet sound of holy music. Last week, we heard of the angel who came to Mary announcing she was destined to be the mother of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, and this child would free his people and free creation from the powers of sin and death. She heard this announcement, and Mary said, yes, let it be according to your word. And now this week, we have Mary bolting out the door, running as fast as she can to tell her cousin Elizabeth the news. Elizabeth, who's also pregnant with a son of her own, John the Baptist. Mary busts through the front door, and at the sound of her voice, baby John does a little backflip of excitement in her belly. Elizabeth herself is filled with the Holy Spirit. Blessed are you among women, Elizabeth cries, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Walk alongside Mary, and you'll hear hear this electricity of joy filling the room where she goes, and it surges through her, and she bursts into song. My soul, she sings, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for, she continues, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Her soul, she says, is a magnifying glass. My soul magnifies the Lord, she says. It's brought this invisible God that you can't see every day into focus. And even though she's lowly, Mary sees herself as blessed. She knows herself as blessed. And if you look at her, you can see God at work. My soul magnifies the Lord. If you have the eyes to see. And the thing is, God is at work doing something big here. Not just curing a common cold, But he has, she sings, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud. He has brought down the powerful, lifted up the lowly, filled the hungry with good things, and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his people and made good on his ancient promises. According to Mary, with this child in her belly, God has taken the world the way it is, with its violence, its suffering, its hopelessness, and God has begun to turn the world around. Did you notice this? Has, 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 has. Not will, not did, but has. Not one day, sometime, maybe, but has. Not in the future, she says, but in her with this birth. God has already begun to accomplish these things. The revolution has begun. Times are bleak as they can be, and she's the last person in the world you'd ever expect to ever make any kind of a difference to anybody. But walk with Mary and you'll hear singing. 
You'll hear songs of joy and praise because it's God who has made, is making, and will make a difference in her. In fact, through her and through this baby growing inside of her, God is going to turn everything upside down. And so she can't help but sing because in her, this one life, God is making everything new, even though she can't quite see it and even though she can't do it herself. This one person. One person may not be able to make a difference. One person or group may not be able to change the world, but I've learned that this isn't what being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus, is all about. Believe it or not, it's not about changing the world. Changing the world is such a huge task. It's something that's so big, so out of reach for us, either alone or even as a larger group. It's something overwhelming, even anxiety and despair-inducing, if it's all up to us. But if we walk alongside Mary, we'll see a different path for our lives. The great Catholic monk Thomas Merton once said that Christianity is Christ alive in us. Christianity is Christ alive in us. Put that on your bumper sticker, you know. It might be more meaningful even than keep Christ in Christmas. Christianity is Christ alive in us. Put that on your bulletin board, your vision board, you know, what you want in the future. The idea that God is already at work. And like Mary, any of us can be vessels for God's mercy in the world. Any of us can nurture Christ in us and bring his love, light, and transformation to birth as we are where we are. The revolution has already begun and God can use any of us to do it. And our challenge this season is to actually believe that it's true. Say yes. Because if it's true, a simple birth, the care and raising of children is a holy vocation. Every act of kindness, forgiveness, and reconciliation is worthwhile. Every minute we spend listening to and caring for somebody in despair matters, even if we don't see the fruits of that conversation. Every dollar we give away instead of spending on something we don't need is an assault on the powers of callousness and greed. And every protest against injustice and oppression will echo through eternity. It'll join in Mary's song. We may not change the world, but our job isn't to change the world anyway. Our job is to be part of God's kingdom by being faithful here and now. The outcome belongs to God, and our job is being faithful here and now, trusting that what we do matters, even if we don't see its fruits.
So walk with Mary and you'll see. Walk with her and you'll see that no matter who we are, no matter how insignificant our lives may seem, we can find ourselves as part of something bigger than just us. It's not up to us to change the world, but each of us can be part of a bigger movement. God's movement, God's work in our world that is bringing hope, redemption, and mercy, not through the rich, the powerful, and the famous, but everyday people like you and me. We can be part of that. This is what Christmas is all about. This is what the Incarnation, Emmanuel, God with us is all about. Even if we can't change the world, God can use our lives to change everything for good forever. God's playing the long game. Walk alongside Mary and you'll see. Walk alongside Mary and you might even find yourself singing no matter what the future might hold or seem to hold anyway. And for this, thanks be to God. Amen.